cell. I rap at the door, my young son Gabriel walks in. My wife says, no, Gabriel, leave. I say, no, let the boy watch. Let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learn from my father. Welcome back to episode number 10. Number 10. A sad day. But, uh, <laughs> uh, let the, welcome to Let the Boys Watch, an entertainment podcast um, brought to you by Going Great Productions. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Robbie. Alongside me is a man who was promised CEO at the Candy Kitchen in Bridgehampton <laughs> at the age of number seven, Cousin <laughs> Benny. How you doing? And alongside us as well. This is a man who walks into every single holiday with his family and screams at everybody saying, I'm the eldest boy. <laughs> One of our co-hosts, Ryan. But I am the eldest boy, so it makes sense. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Unlike some people who aren't the eldest boy. <laughs> Shiv just saying, no, you aren't, was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, oh, welcome man. to Let the Boys Watch. And it, like Robbie said, an entertainment podcast. We are talking about season four. Episode 10, the series finale, not the season finale, the series finale. We are wrapping up succession, much to my partner's chagrin and much to my enjoyment. <laughs> so, so this, uh, what do you say? Right. We want to give us your one of your final plum ratings of succession. Uh, sure. But first, they call that in the biz a tease. But first, I just want to tell you guys to make sure that you follow, rate, review, send mm-hmm. us an email, ltbwpodcast at gmail.com. Is that correct? That's it. All right. And follow us on Instagram. Let the boys watch pod. Uh, it's all in the show notes. I literally can't make it easier for you without coming to your house and doing it myself, which I'm not going to do, but I will if I have to. So I'm not above it. I'll do it. No, do it. Yeah. Listen, while you're there, make maybe we can get a free sandwich, something, you know, piece of cake, something like that. So, series finale, boys, final plum watch. I want your plum watches first, and then I will give you my plum watch. So, Robbie, what did you think about the series finale? Benny, maybe you should go first. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got I it. I give that burp 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. I got it now. He saw me burping and he called me anyway, but uh, that was still, a long no, I'm one. I'm sorry. That was my fault. Uh, I'm going to have to give this a 9.1 on a plum watch. Um, wow. was, it my, was it my favorite series finale of all time? Time will tell. Not really at the moment. But um, yeah, before I divulge into uh, what I loved about the episode, I'm going to um, give it a 9.1. Love it. Benny, what about I, you? I will. I'm going to go a little bit higher on this one. I'm going to say for me, it was like in, in context of the show, it's a 10. In wow. real world plum rating, uh, I'd say 9.7. It, it was really good. I think, good you know, I, I did the thing that I always say I, I don't like to do and get involved in theories and like make a prediction and then I went hard with it in my own head. And when I didn't get that, I think I was a little sour after the episode, but when I let it sink in and thought about it and got to this morning, I was 
you know, I realized that everything that happened was the right call and the acting was fantastic. I think they set you up for the ending and like how tragic the ending was with that scene in the kitchen. I just thought it was just a fantastic episode. I think, sorry, I think the the same thing as you said, I think me being, I don't know, an idiot, I guess I was expecting a happy ending. And, you know, as the episode was going along, I did expect a happy ending, but it, it, it was never going to be right. Four yeah. years of this show, you, you, you saw how these kids acted and how their father acted and how cut thought everybody was. And it's just, it's just real life. It's not, you know, it's not a, a, a happy story or with a happy ending. So after I got past that, I had to sleep on it. And then I had a, a greater appreciation for the episode. Yeah. I just think that I, they've been positioning it as a tragedy the whole time. So, but even I felt the same way. Like I wanted some type of happy ending and they even fucking cut our boy Connor's legs out at the last possible <laughs> second too. Uh, very subtly, but, but you know, we if you were expecting a happy ending you know you weren't paying attention right no i agree and i agree with how you both kind of split it up um because for me as a as a finale for succession i actually really liked it i thought it was appropriate especially you know based on what both of you said but especially robbie like you're saying like if you watch the last four years these idiots don't deserve to succeed now in real world, do they do do idiots fail upward all the time? Yes, of course. Um, but as a as an episode of television, mm, I I thought I didn't love it. I thought they kind of were like it's headed for a happy ending, and then you're like, well, there's 20 minutes left. I know exactly what's going to happen. It's gonna they're gonna yeah fuck Kendall or something's gonna get fucked up or. Um, you know, whatever. Um, so I don't know. As an episode of television, I'd say seven point one in that realm. Uh, as a finale to Succession, I'd say a little higher, like maybe eight point five. Like they they wrapped it up like pretty good. Um, yeah. So and coming from me, that must mean something because I'm the resident hater on this podcast. Well, I, I won't even say in the context of hating. It's like, you know, you mentioned a few times that your scale is depressed. Like it's a, yeah. if you're getting into those nines and the upper nines, like you're, you've done something like in, incredible that's yeah. just never going to be surpassed. So no, 8.5, <clears throat> like I said, I mean, for me in the context of the show, I, I don't think anything else could have happened that didn't fit. Like even right. maybe there were a couple of loose ends and, you know, we'll get into it with uh, Kendall killing the kid story. But even that, even though it wasn't like this big reveal, it still had a role to play, you know? So, right. you know, they, they left the Mencken thing a little bit open-ended, but even then you got like a little hint. So right. everybody, and I think that's what people expected from Game of Thrones, where every loose end got tied up in this like grand reveal and this, big plot point mm -hmm. um you didn't get that but you did get like all those little things that you thought were going to be important or were going to come back they did but just maybe not in the way that you thought right yeah I, th I thought everything wrapped up pretty nicely like there wasn't yeah of course there's going to be loose ends like oh 
what happened to Jess? Like, uh, who the fuck knows? I don't know. I hope I hope she got a good job somewhere. But like the major plot points, I think they hit on everything. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there was definitely times where I was kind of like, all right, let's go. But all said and done, four episodes of a show um, wrapped it up pretty nicely. I wasn't I wasn't too upset. So. Yeah. yeah, let's let's not feel bad for these these kids as well. They're, no, they're getting a nice little fucking payout, yeah, and they get a, yeah, they get a nice payout on a deal. Yeah, and, I and think... that's that's to Ryan's point where like people fail upwards. Like even though this is, you know, who knows what happens to Kendall at the end of the day? Because I, I feel like they're heavily suggesting one thing, Suicide. but at the end of the day, <laughs> they are all getting billions of dollars, right? And Chiv is still involved in the company. Fuck Chiv. Yeah, nah, she did the right thing. I understand for her. For her. Um, no, yeah, and I was thinking, you know, every week, you guys are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, not really, but I think one big reason why I don't like this show as much as you guys is like just the what we were just talking about. Like these fucking spoiled brats are failing upward, and are they lost? Quote unquote, they lost, and they're still getting billions of dollars. And I'm fucking yeah. over here, you know, looking for sales on shirts because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, yeah. I need to. And they're taking private jets to uh, to BIM. <laughs> you're you're eating frozen knobbies because you have to, not because that's right. You want <laughs> not because to. I like them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I know I think that that's you know I, I like I honestly appreciate the fact that even though it's not your favorite show like you wanted to do this you watched every episode you put the time in and it's nice to get like that that counter opinion sometimes yeah i mean I, where it's not just honest, knocking it be, just to knock it or because everybody else likes it you know yeah no i'm definitely not knocking it for that reason i just i don't love it like you guys do but i understand why you love it and um honestly if i wasn't doing this i might i might be less into it to be to be perfectly honest like i enjoy doing this so that's what keeps me motivated to watch i i'm notorious for stop stopping watching shows even in the final <laughs> season just because yeah. well, i, I think bored. you mentioned it i think you mentioned during this one like you probably wouldn't have finished the season or even started it uh who knows who knows um what do you boys think? Should we get into? I heard we got an email. You think we should get into that? We did. We got so many, so many emails. Like I'm talking, we're in the thousands that I've oh only I selected just one. Yeah, boil it down, please. I Give me the best one. Just one, because this is the best one, and it's my wife. And there's no nepotism going on here. This was just simply the best email that we got. Uh, so the email, <laughs> the email subject is succession success. Uh, and she goes to say, wow, 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 wowie wow, what a finale. <laughs> <laughs> the more I sit with it, the more it becomes clear that it couldn't and shouldn't end any other way. The final episode truly honored the spirit of the show. As Roman so eloquently stated, we are all bullshit. And in true form, the winner, Tom, didn't even get the top spot by some brilliant chess move or outsmarting the Roys. He won because he is quite literally a yes man. We are all bullshit. There was an exchange between Matson and Tom that didn't sit well with me a bit at first, 
as if this show hasn't done or said heinous things before. But Ben astutely pointed out that that may have very well been crucial to Tom's trajectory. I won't lay it out here as he might bring it up in his analysis of the scene. Lastly, giving us a scene of the Roy siblings having fun and getting along and seeming, seemingly having finally confronted with each other and themselves their screwed up relationship with their ambitions, to me, really made the conclusion of this epic tragedy all the more tragic. Offering a taste of a happily ever after that will never be. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the finale. This show and this season have been quite the ride, and I'll be sick to my stomach watching Jeremy Strong and Kieran Culkin battle it out for the Emmys later this year. Oh, yeah. What did you guys think? I mean, I, I think that the, you know, the scene that she's talking about with Tom is probably the most Matson and Tom scene is like one of the most important scenes of the whole episode, you know, regardless of what happens with the kids like that truly sets everything in motion for, for the ending of the show. I but also I, think that, um, Shiv telling Matson that basically Tom was sucking every dick in the room was also a catalyst for him to kind of get the, the wheels yeah. in motion. But I think, yeah, I think that was an extremely important scene. Um, I don't know if we said it last week that we thought Tom was going to be um, CEO. I, I was surprised that they showed that snippet of him kind of walking up in the coming attractions they would i thought they were throwing us off yeah but it was actually the fucking actual scene of him being anointed ceo and walking in and being congratulated by everybody um yeah i thought that that scene between uh Madison and and tom was a was a great scene and just to show you like who tom really is just a, an absolute fucking nobody but just somebody who's willing to just kiss ass and be a yes man and do whatever it takes you know he latched on to logan uh, willing to go to jail for for Logan and the company, and then turned on Shiv, and now he's just basically he knows his what his role is going to be, but that's what he wants. He's he's happy. He's the happiest in that position. He wanted it, and he has no you know regard disregard of being a basically a yes man. So, yeah, I mean, I'll save it for for when we get to that scene. But that one line that he says about Shiv, I think, locked it in for him. Because, you know, to your point, he showed exactly who he was. And mm -hmm. I thought that that was the, the thing that won him the job. Yeah, I mean, Benny, as a resident married person, <laughs> if your future boss said he was going to fuck your wife, <laughs> do you think that would get you the job? Uh, I think I might be fired pretty damn quick before I even finish my sentence. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably be uh, in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Not well. Aya, thank you so much for the email. Uh. So Aya did send us. Aya did send us one more email, but I think Whoa. I want to save it till next week. Oh, I love because it because oh. we'll be discussing. I think the future of the show a little bit, and this that email be a good jumping off point for it. And I can't believe she beat so, out thousands of emails to be the one yeah. that got read. That's impressive. Just what a fantastic email. That's all I could say. <laughs> so you all think right. we should get into the episode? Yeah, we're still awaiting a very special guest, but, but when he comes in, he'll he'll have to hit the ground running here. Yeah, that's what happens. Listen, 
Got to be on time. The best ability the boys... is availability. That's right. Let the boys watch Waits for No Man. Let me tell you something right now. This special, this special guest, he ain't no 10X. <laughs> he ain't a 10X guy. No. <laughs> All right. So what do you say we get into it? So see, series finale. Wait, Betty, eyes. really? I'm sorry, Benny, to interrupt you. Really quick. 10X, anyone who says 10X is a fucking asshole, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Of course. But I just, I've heard people say it. And I just assume that anyone that says it is either joking or is a fucking asshole. No, you yeah, just, just just an caught asshole. up in corporate bullshit. Kendall, I'm sorry for interrupting you. All right. No worries. No worries. Series finale with open eyes. Uh, our first section of the show I want to talk about is uh, the cold open in the first couple scenes. Kendall's getting ready. He's still rounding up the votes for the board meeting. Shiv and Mattson seem to have the votes. Matson seems to be put off on Shiv. Uh, we see that, I guess, New York or Time magazine article of the puppet with Shiv uh, puppeteering Matson. Uh, Shiv and Kendall decide to go to Barbados after they both get a beat on where the missing Roman has finally been. What did you guys think of uh, the Ken- mostly the the Shiv scene with Matson? I feel like we got our first big uh, tip that Matson has, has cooled off on Shiv. Ryan, what'd you think? I mean, like, I think I probably like Shiv the most of, of us three. That's my guess. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that later. But this whole scene felt like Matson was just annoyed by her because she was being annoying. Like, just very manic and very like yeah we could do this and that and this and here's this article and like you cool with the cartoon and yeah okay it's fine and he's just like i don't give a shit um yeah and and like we mentioned already uh that i brought up and and benny brought up like the fact or robbie brought it up i don't remember but the fact that uh shiv said tom will suck any dick probably he he probably wasn't even considering Tom that strongly until that conversation with Shiv. He was looking at uh, the guy from Volter and like a couple other people or whatever. Um, but yeah, one thing I would have liked to have learned about this, like one thing that I didn't feel was really wrapped up was, was Matson playing Shiv the entire time or was it just like towards this time frame? that he was like, I'm not going through with this. Like she has fulfilled her use. I personally think he was playing her the entire time, but uh, we don't really know. They don't really tell us. I, I think it was, I think he kind of tipped his hand when he was talking to Tom. I think it was the India thing that pushed him yeah, over be. the edge. He did. Cause he said, he like, say she, that? she's getting annoying. She was getting yeah. annoying with that. Yeah. So I don't know, but no, I mean, good scene to show how annoying Shiv can be. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, what'd you think? Um, yeah, Shiv was just so fucking annoying in this in this scene. It's just that's that's just who she is. She thinks she's I don't know. They I feel like they all do, but she doesn't think that she's smarter than everybody and and knows it more than I guess everybody. And she just came off just you know. And I could see why Madsen was just like, all right. And I, she is a strong-minded person, so the both of them are kind of headstrong. So I, I could see where that would not really mesh well together. But yeah, I think 
I feel like we knew that this was happening. This was going to happen anyway. I mean, it was too good to be true in the beginning, and we just knew that Matson was going to screw over Shiv. But the other thing is, is like they 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 the camera panned on that on that uh, article, you know, and yeah. you knew, and even though Matson said that it didn't bother him, you know, and he even said it. I think with, when he was having uh, that meeting with Tom, that it did bother him, and I think that you know, obviously, it wouldn't have worked out if Shiv was CEO, and we'll get to that at the end, you know, later on. But I just thought it was a great scene because, as weirdo as Matson is, you you kind of knew that he was sh- souring on Shiv, you know, with a little little subtle camera pan to the article and just kind of. How he was kind of acting in that in an entire scene. I think we knew it was, do- it was doomsday for Shiv. Yeah. So in between, uh, a couple little points to talk about is we get that Shiv and Tom convo on the plane, where Shiv kind of is like, "Hey, listen, we've said the worst possible things to each other, and you know, we're kind of in a spot where not a lot of people can be in. Like we we know the worst things about each other. We know what, what we think. Um, do you want to give?" this relationship a real shot and tom basically says he doesn't know um did you guys get a feeling like that is shiv really all in on tom or was this part of the play you know tom later on in the episode mentions like there's not a test that you don't want to pass i think that was like to make her seem like a complete person that she has the husband the kid and it's not a divorce and all that kind of stuff what do you guys think was that a play or is that what shiv really meant rob um I don't know. That's a good question. I never really thought of it as a play. Um, I just thought she was probably she was probably being genuine in the moment because her reaction was hurt when he said, I, I don't know. And I think it never crossed my mind that it was a play. So I'm going to stick with it as her being genuine because her reaction was very genuine in the moment. She was very hurt by by what he said. Yeah. But think- also, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you something right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> if If somebody's coming at me, in a fight, my girlfriend or whatnot, and just launching haymakers and a couple of atom bombs at me and just digging me and digging me and digging me, there's no coming back from that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. (laughs) Ryan, you want to give us a little intro for our special guest? Oh, my God. First of all, (laughs) he's making us look like pieces of shit. I'm in a T-shirt. Fucking golf outfit, hoodie shirt. Guy's wearing a suit. I was suit. saving the fucking turtleneck for next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, besides the I way he's dressed, I'm which sorry. is... Oh, go ahead. Uh, you could talk to him. I was going to have an introduction for him if you want. All right. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? Go ahead. I'll just say this fucking guy looks sharper than Stewie on his best day right now. So Wow. Wow. Well, 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 speaking of Stewie, Ryan, the uh, the man joining us now is a man who likes weird sex (laughs) and bad drugs. (laughs) And that is one of the co-hosts from the Unofficial Intelligence podcast. Our great friend, Big Tony, Anthony. Anthony, how's it going? Thanks for having me, guys. So, and I'll catch you up on, on where we're at in the episode here. Uh, we talked about the <laughs> beginning of the episode, and we're at uh, the Shiv and Tom convo on the plane. 
But before we dive into the episode a little bit further, can you give us your uh, your thoughts on on the episode as a whole? Sure. Uh, um, so I'm sorry for my lateness, guys. The traffic from Bridgehampton was crazy. Uh, <laughs> just cl- just closing deals here. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what do you expect from this show? You know, uh, was it, you know, the mind blowing epic ending that I wanted? No, but I, that's what I come to expect. The writers st- stuck with their guns. They wrote the characters you knew there wasn't going to be a Cinderella story. I mean, sort of, but you know, it was a good, it was a definitely a good ending and uh, we'll get into it more. I'm sure. But honestly, at first I didn't like it. And then I stewed on it for like about an hour. And then I laughed at myself and I said, this is exactly what they wanted us to like feel going into this last episode. Like, something absolutely blindsides us right um but it's exactly how it's supposed to end yeah in a way everybody got what they deserved you know yeah a hundred percent all right so the next thing i wanted to point out before we get in a little further to the episode is we get our first little hint of greg i mean we've known the whole time he's a little bit of a snake but greg tells hugo uh where roman is so that's how kendall finds out Shiv finds out from her mother and we get that scene of kendall calling his assistant new jess which i thought was which i thought was perfect and we get a little bit of him working on stewie stewie seems to be wobbling a little bit uh and kendall spends the first part of this episode constantly trying to get in contact with stewie um i'm gonna hold off on barbados because I feel like that would be better to talk about as one scene. So let's go to Tom, the Tom and Matson dinner that we talked about earlier. Uh, Matson reveals that he wants a U.S. CEO, and it's not Shiv. He asks Tom if that's what he wants, if he's the man for the job. He wants a puppet and not a partner. And they go for shots after Tom seemingly gives a very good answer. And Greg uses Google Translate app to discover Shiv is not going to be the CEO, and he calls Ken. Um, Anthony, why don't you start us off? What do you think of the scene between Tom and Matt's in that dinner? So I know I just said in my little aside there that there was something we weren't expecting, or we knew exactly what was coming. That was the most unexpected part of the episode for me. Maybe you guys had a better read to it, but you know, after they showed that shot when Matson was with Shiv kind of looking at the paper and she's like, is there a problem? And he's like, nah, I think it's funny. It was like, I'm like, all right, that has some relevance. And we see it come to play here in, in this like restaurant scene where Greg is just kind of fucking sitting back and listening like a little snake that he is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I think it, that move by Matson when he was basically saying like, you know, I can definitely fuck Shiv and I kind of want to. He wanted to see if he was going to have a knee jerk reaction to it and and kind of fall for the bait, which he played it so beautifully. And, you know, that was the the beautiful closer f- for his like for his whole arc was that I'm I'll play by the rules. I'll play by anyone's rules. And I'll suck that biggest dick in the room <laughs> to get what I want. And he did. 
Yeah. So it was a really cool scene. I know you saw it behind his eyes when they took that shot where he was just like, yeah, all right, fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm your guy. Ryan, what'd you think? Well, I think gr- the smartest thing Greg ever did was that Google translate. <laughs> um, th- I think it, the whole ep- well, the whole sequence of events after this probably would have changed if Tom had said to Greg, they're looking at me. Um, Cause then Greg probably would have latched on to Tom instead of trying to still be in Kendall's corner. Um, but either way, I mean, Tom ended up, uh, you know, we see later Tom ended up as CEO and Greg has got a sticker on his head. So he's good. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we said it before. Uh, Tom is like you said in what episode two or something or no four. I'm here to serve. And that's what he told Matson. Yeah. Robbie, what about you? Yeah, I think Anthony made a great point um, basically about that. You know, I want to I want to have sex with your wife. And he played a calm, cool, and collective, which, yeah, I didn't even think of it. And I think that's a, a fantastic point, kind of just like playing with him. And Tom, of course, just not giving a fuck, just just wanting to do what Tom wants to do and, and to advance his position. And he played it cool. And, uh, you know, I think because of that, that little interaction, like you said, is why he, um, why Madsen chosen to be CEO. Uh, also, shout out to my sister, Katie, who finished Wow. The entire finished it all. And we watched it last night together. And she said, wow. I can't believe nobody, nobody has used that Google Translate app in like prior episodes. So shout out uh my sister Katie. She was there for me last night while I, I needed a life alert because I was fucking having an anxiety attack for an hour and a half. <laughs> but yeah, um, Greg, we 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 shit on them, make fun of them, but that was an absolutely smart playing, like like Ryan said, and I agree hundred percent. If he knew it was going to be Tom, that would have never happened. Yeah, to that point, I mean, I think that that's why this is the first time you, you see someone try to use Google Translate because Greg is like, he thinks he's fucked. Like, and they've always treated like Matson and the whole Swedish contingent, like whatever, let them be the crazy Europeans, whatever they're saying doesn't matter to us because we're rich and fuck them and we'll figure out a way to get through. But Greg is so desperate in that moment that he's like, I need some, I need some type of answer right now. Um, probably something I would have done because if you tell me you need some, we're going to be fine or just wait, you'll find out. Like I need to know right in that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys touched on the thing that I and I were talking about because she was like, I, I hate that Matt's in, um, said that about Shiv. Like, it just felt like she was there as like, Oh, it you know, there's a sexual tension thing going on. And that's like, no, I I think that that was like Tom's final test. He Matson for the most part knows Tom is like jelly, and he'll do whatever it takes to you know. We saw that with the first time that they interacted at the wake, where Matson asked him what kind of manager he is. And he's like, well, what kind of manager do you want me to be? <laughs> um, and the whole you know, I'm, he was working during the funeral. I think all these and the the comment about him sucking the biggest dick in the room, like all those things for Matson, like he saw the type of person and the type of worker that that Tom was. And I think even to the point where he can't even socially interact at the art gallery when they're trying to have a normal conversation, like the only thing on Tom's mind is always business. 
So that question to him was like, all right, let's see how he reacts to this. And if he truly is a yes man, like he's going to let me get away with saying this. I also want to point out, Ben, what you mentioned about um, Greg being like on his fucking toes at that point. I we've been sucking Tom's wom scams the entire time, but I'm going to continue to do so because without Tom's comment after Greg came over when Matson walked away to get uh, wherever he went and he said, so what's going on? And he goes, big paying decrease for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and he like scared the shit out of him. Yeah. And like, you know, Greg had that fucking, you know, the face he always has with his eyes bulging out. And that kind of set the fire. So Tom sort of put that whole play in motion as well. And then you'll see it comes back. We'll mention, I'm sure, in the scenes upcoming where they get into a little slap box and match in the bathroom. But, you know, he kind of set that up, too, where he was he instilled that scared like boy into Greg and Greg's like, I need to fucking know right now. Yeah. Robbie, as our. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I have a. Oh, you go ahead. No, so you go ahead first, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Robbie, as our resident rich person <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast, the biggest, most explosive reveal of the series: Greg making two hundred k. Dude, a hundred percent. Because I legit, my question to you guys was: Greg's salary of two hundred k, justifiable or unjustifiable? Hey man, the, the boy gets down and dirty him and plays justified. The I think it's justifiable. Yeah. Two hundred. I'll tell you something right now. Two hundred k. I would do whatever it takes to what <laughs> what's good Greg does. So, I mean, uh, he's he's well worth that two hundred k. Hopefully, he gets a little more. Hey yeah. sweetheart, you want some wasabi in your eye? <laughs> <laughs> I got a little lemon liqueur for you there, sweetheart. <laughs> I think too. Like I'm never gonna knock somebody's salary, man. So if you can get two hundred k for being the bitch boy. Good for you. Good Love for it. you. Love it. Who do you think made uh, more, Greg or Jess? Oof. I think... I think Greg. Probably. I think Jess was probably getting uh, 100K, uh, but like probably like 150 around there. Yeah, but if she was making that over 200, she was probably... She would have stayed. Yeah. Stuck around. Pro new Jess probably making like... 60. Yeah, New Jess yeah, is at least capped out at 75. Yeah. 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 Uh, let me see here. All right. So let's talk about Barbados. Uh, we get one of the lines of the season and the series where uh Ken tells Shiv a cunt is as cunt does. I just wanted to point that out quick. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh so in Barbados, we have the early meet where um Roman is now leaning towards Shiv and he pretty much wants to be left alone. They keep trying to put pressure on him. Uh, Ken and Shiv stay for dinner, and Peter and Jonathan have a business pitch. Which I don't know if you, I watched when I watched it with subtitles, they were basically pitching a retirement home. They're like, you know, it's it's not as fancy as Living Plus, but you know, you'll, your basic needs will be met. Um, Peter, yeah, well, the I love their reaction, just incredulous that the kids wouldn't listen to their bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's also funny too how the mom is also a billionaire, but they need the kids to fund it. Fuck out of here. Uh, so the business pitch gets interrupted by Greg calling Ken. Greg reveals Shiv will not be the U.S. CEO. Ken tells Roman Shiv. Shiv confirms it. And then they get uh, Telus on the phone who tells them they need one leader and a unified front. And after 
Rome and Shiv weigh killing Kendall, they decide that they will allow him to be CEO. So a lot more detail in that that whole scene, but we, you know, we'll talk about it and that stuff will come as it comes. Robbie, what did you think about uh, the reveal and then the crowning of Kendall? Uh, I thought the re- reveal was great. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, I fully thought, you know, the band's back together and, you know, they're going to put on the United Front and they're going to come out here, guns blazing and and kind of reclaim the company. Um, it was it was a great scene. It was I mean, that's what I love about this show. It's not like in like it's intense for me on a different scale of like how Game of Thrones was intense for me. I don't know. It, it's just it was just very, very intense in the moment. I was happy that they had the reveal. I was happy that, you know, I thought that they were going to all band together. Uh, one thing I wasn't happy about is Roman and Chib's terrible. Uh, you know, they're, I'm thinking of the word, I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but mimicking um, low um, impressions. Kendall. Yeah, there you go. Impressions <laughs> of Kendall. I, I, I didn't, I didn't really think that they did. I mean, Chib's was terrible and I thought Roman could have been a little bit better. I love them. I thought they were so great. Why would Ryan, you try and kill me? That's <laughs> really not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what did you think of of the uh, the scene here? Um. So, well, before I mention that, I just want to ask. So, Robbie, you saw the, you felt anxiety during this scene, particularly. Yeah. Did, either, did, did Benny Anthony? Did you also feel anxious during this scene? I was anxious to where like it was going to land. Like, uh-huh. you know, I kind of felt like they would have all decided it would be Kendall, but I didn't know if Roman was going to go nuts or Shiv was just going to completely like melt down. And, you know, I was kind of surprised with how calmly they kind of helped. They uh, came to a conclusion. Anthony, I was how did you feel? a little, not really anxious. Cause I feel like I knew they were going to blow it, blow it. <laughs> um because you know just we'll get into it on my explanation but i yeah i knew that something wasn't gonna go right um anxiety throughout the whole show yeah because you're just like what you know what's gonna happen but i knew something i knew shiv and rome like deep down in the heart didn't want to do it like and they they were like fuck it but you know this is the only chance we have right and i don't think they fully had the hundred percent I mean, they did, but they didn't. Right. And the reason I'm asking is you, you just now I'm thinking maybe that's a big reason why I don't love this show as much as you guys is because I would say that I've never felt anxious once during this whole entire series, like ever. Because like, I'm just like, I, I don't know if it's it's just me that I'm pretty like calm or I just did. It just didn't hit me that way. But. I was never on the edge of my seat at all. So I, maybe that plays into it. But it's just the way you said it, Robbie. I was just like, oh, I didn't even consider this scene anxiety inducing at all. And I, I don't know. But I mean, I love the scene, them swimming and hey, get out of here. And you go swim to the dock. And yeah, just them swimming over. I don't know. Just th- this scene and then leading into um, them making the stupid smoothie like this. I know it's corny. And cheesy, and I am glad they didn't end it this way with the kids all loving each other and whatever. 
but I like that shit. I like that optimistic, you know, people get along and whatever. I, I don't know. But so I, I liked these two scenes. The thing, and what did you think? Oh, sorry, oh. Rob. The thing about this show that I love so much, and maybe other shows do it as well, but like when they were going to have a think, you know, when Roman and Shiv were going to have a think, you don't see it. And that's what sometimes I, I get, I don't get frustrated, but that's what I love about it because you don't know what they're actually saying. You can interpret anything, you know, in your imagination and what you think that they were saying. But hey, they could have been saying, how do we fuck Kendall over in the end? Or how do we band together? So that's what I kind of enjoy most about this show. And Ryan, I can't believe there's no, I can't believe you didn't get anxious in the bear hug scene, season one, episode six, I think, when they're fucking trying to get uh, Logan out of there. That was it. 15 minutes oh. of fucking stress. When yeah. when he's in tra- sitting in traffic before the vote, that scene? That, yeah, and he runs over and... And, ahead, and, and the lead up to the vote, the vote where Roman's yeah. sniffing his armpit, like, <laughs> just that whole thing. No, I, I don't... I mean, I don't get anxious often. Uh, it's it's pretty tough for me to get, get anxious. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm the weirdo here. I should be oh, more anxious. You're the Matson of this of this podcast. That's insulting. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> Go ahead, Ant. Ryan. You should definitely be fucking flying planes with that fucking iron will that you have. Yeah. I need My you behind the wings, baby. Never shake. <laughs> never shake. So this is the this, hand I shoot with. <laughs> this scene is the one that I continually kept going back to, where after some deep consideration of saying that I actually like the ending was all because of this night Barbados for two specific reasons. So, you know, I'm waiting and Ben knows my fucking conspiracy theories on HBO shows are so (laughs) outlandish that I was like, Oh my God, there's a shark's going to (laughs) eat. I was like, I thought that he's finally going to drown. Yeah. Finally. This is it. And then it brought me back to earth and I was like, all right. And then immediately they go right into talking about murdering him. Yeah. And at first I'm like, are they serious? And then I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, they're definitely not serious. They don't have the fucking balls. And you know, then I, that's what I kind of like realized like HBO and Robbie mentioned a good point. I keep comparing it to game of Thrones because obviously they're two of like the top tier fucking shows that, they've ever released um so i'm waiting for that but they succession knows the writers know what lane they're in and they're they're not going to push it to that level but they push it just enough to the point where oh we're gonna like kind of troll you about it like back-to-back scenes i mean again not i wasn't completely like oh my god they're gonna do it but uh, it was funny that they kind of threw it in there um and you kind of see all of their arcs like hit their peak at this moment where, you know, pervert fucking Oedipus Rome, (laughs) Kendall, like, I mean, he has another moment, but this is one of the moments where he's like, you know, it's definitely going to be me. They all have that little sibling argument about like, Oh, well dad said it was going to be me. And then Shiv makes that funny remark about like, Oh, and, whatever she made the impossible things she was talking about i wish i could remember it but do you guys have that on your notes what did uh, she say zodiac killer or something like that yeah the zodiac, yeah, 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 the yeah. zodiac killer yeah <laughs> was yeah but it's just 
I don't know, man. It was like a beautiful scene. It, like every sequence of that was just fantastic. I think too, like just, you know, this, this scene was also part of the reason why I love the show so much is just a dialogue like felt you never are like taken out of it where like, Oh, that's kind of seems kind of cheesy or fake. Like it's just, everything felt so real the way that they were throwing it back and forth at each other, the way they eventually came to the conclusion where, you know what, like, I guess it does have to be Ken, like as much as we hate it, uh, it really does make the most sense. And and just the way that they spoke to each other, it just felt real to me. I don't know. It's so I liked it a lot. And you know that I was happy getting some happy Ken on the on the dock and seeing Kendall with that that full on smile there. Yeah. And then even like when I do uh, season two, episode 10, when they had that little funny conversation on the yacht with the three of them, when they're like making those uh, little little voices and about you need like you needed a hug and things like that. And even when I think it was during the wedding, maybe season one, when they're on the boat together, I think yeah. maybe smoking. When those little, all those little interactions together, and that's what is so sad about the whole thing because when they're together and they're like on a um, united front, it's 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 good to see and it, and it's great to see. And then it just hurts when uh, the three of them because obviously we all have siblings, so it just hurts when they when they're at each other's throats and and what really happens at the end. Yeah, Would I, you... I love the fact. I'm sorry, Ben. No, go ahead. I just love the facts also. So in the writing where they they only let them be united for like a small amount of time and then they get fucked like over and they deserve it rightfully so mm-hmm. right and then you know the only time that they're ever somewhat successful and have all their ducks in a row was when logan was around when they were fucking like trying to get back at dad mm-hmm. yeah and that was the only time that they were completely 100 percent on well, it's because side. it's yeah, when they're all a united front, like you mentioned, because that's, you know, even as stupid as the hundred was like, at least they were moving the ball forward. Like when they, you know, they had those moments where it was the three of them against the dad, like they did make a move that even surprised Logan at some points, like with the, you know, again, as stupid as it was, you know, bidding 10 billion for Pierce, like they checkmated Logan there. So it's, you know, you always get that taste of what it could be if it was the three of them, but it just, you know, it can never last long. Speaking of Pierce, do you think Nan's like, where's my fucking money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, uh, you guys good? Like, am I getting paid now? Are we getting our time uh, billing Ryan, or what? Yeah. Ryan, what'd you think of the, I feel like it was not a throwaway line, but it was, it's very important to like the story of Kendall when he tells him that uh, when they he tells the siblings that when he was seven, Logan promised him the company. I mean, I, I understand what the writers are trying to do with this to say that, like, Logan's a piece of shit to, like, I don't know, put that type of pressure on a child or whatever. But, like, I don't think that's necessarily, like, a shitty thing to do to tell your son, like, this empire or this business that I've built, like I want to turn it over to you. I think the difference between it being shitty and not being shitty is the fact that if you're a good father from age seven until adulthood, rather than Logan, who is probably a piece of shit, then it makes it worse. Like if, if I had a business and told my son, like, Hey, I'm going to turn this over to you someday. If you want it, like awesome. And then I'm a good dad for another 30 years. Like then, 
that's different. But they were definitely trying to make it like, wow, Logan's so shitty because he he put that on Kendall's shoulders. But Kendall's a little bitch boy, so that's his fucking problem. <laughs> I, I think it just like, you know, hammered the point home that like what we see at the end of the episode with Kendall, like this is his life, his whole life. That, you know, this is, you know, Shiv has a family. Roman kind of seems like he's cool with having no pressure on him and like just enjoying his money. The only thing Kendall cares about is the company. And I think it's because Logan put that in his head at such a young age. But you're, you're right where if he was a good father after that moment, then it's all cool. But he wasn't. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Um. No, I think everybody really said that. I think that's a a ton of pressure to put on a seven year old boy, obviously, or any child. But I think that that's who Logan was. I don't think he was doing it out of genuine, you know, heartwarming feeling. That I just think that he was doing because he was this, this scumbag, and his whole life was putting those kids, you know, pitting them up against each other. You know, they had fucking Roman locked in the cage, and they were feeding him. I don't know if it was real dog food or, or fake dog food, but you know, it was always. A, all them pitted up against each other and that's how they yeah and definitely chicken for kendall you know he's a big chicken guy (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i I just think that's that's just the way it was and i feel like even i forgot what what um what kendall said like about being like a business psycho and like to to roman but uh that's just all he is like you said ben that's just who he's been his whole life he's just somebody that only cares about this top position and and worried about business and that's really it yeah i have that quote um from the scene in the uh like that conference room that they're in and he says that oh, let me find it he says that uh i'm a cog that's built for only one machine and if he feels like if he doesn't get to do this he might die so i mean we see like how seriously ken takes this um all right let's move on to wait i'm sorry go ahead my that that line from later on so that interpretation of when he brings that up about being told in a candy shop at bridge hampton at seven i feel like that was like like the the, like the tagline for like who he was from that moment on yeah like that was that's why he's a fucking idiot that's why he only has a he's built for one thing. And he brought it up to make his siblings feel bad. And you know exactly from where that line was, the cog line was that this is all I got. And this is all I'll ever be. Yeah. It's funny that they built him for this and he still sucks at it. <laughs> Not, right. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to the meal fit for a king. Uh, to anoint Kendall, they make him a meal fit for a king. Uh, while having fun, Caroline comes down to tell them to be quiet and not touch Peter's special cheese. They make Kendall his protein smoothie and dump it on his head. Uh, you know, th- this scene to me is just, you know, that setting us up for maybe we will get a happy ending. And it just sets us up for the ultimate tragedy that does end up coming out of it. Uh, Anthony, what do you think about the meal fit for a king yeah i think you summed it up pretty well just you know you there's a moment of ah the kids are back but also shows like how they kind of didn't have a childhood like really i don't know 
that's how I, again, my interpretation was like, you know, they're finally being able to be kids, like free and happy and excited again. And I found out exactly what Peter calls uh, the ends of the bread, which we talked about on another podcast. <laughs> I call it the butt ends or the butts. They call them not nobbies, nubbies, yeah, the nobbies. <laughs> yeah. So, Robbie, what did you think about this scene? I thought it was very strange. We were sitting here, and we're like, <laughs> "This is fucking awkward." Um, and we're like, "When is this going to end?" But I do love the um, the siblings coming together, and I just, just feel like Jeremy Strong so method that he probably actually drank that actual drink with all the ingredients in it. Probably wasn't just a fucking prop off camera. I no, feel like he confirmed. Just... He said in the official Succession podcast that he absolutely did drink it. Oh, that's so fucking <laughs> gross. <Yeah. laughs> Shout out to, yeah, to, to the to the God, fucking Kendall, Jeremy Strong for drinking that disgusting fucking drink. That was gross. The other thing they mentioned, too, is that this was the last scene that they filmed. So it's nice that they kind of oh, wow. got to end on a, a happy note. Uh, Ryan, what did you think of this scene? It, it felt like I don't know about anyone else, but it felt like that this was either something they've done or something similar they did as kids. Meal fit for a king. It was almost like they were, you know, sing song and like, yeah, they you had know, we song. definitely did this type of shit uh, as a like, you know, more like who who could do like who would do whatever. Like when we were kids and we used to dare each other to drink the corn water. <laughs> yeah. But the fuck I got five water? bucks out of it though one time, so that was good. Corn water is probably the uh, the water that's in the corn can, I would think. No, like when you boil corn on the cob. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <clears throat> leftover water, corn water. <laughs> You're fucking nasty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drink it. You should have. No, you would. Look at yeah. Hot dog water, bro. Ugh. It's the Frankfurter water, bro. Come on, yeah. Frankfurter. Water. It's Frankfurter <laughs> summer. Hey, sweetheart, just bathe my fucking dog in here. Drink it, would you? Hey, sweetheart, put my fucking nuts in this water. Why don't you drink it, would you? <laughs> All right. So the kids united for the time being head to Logan's apartment. Connor sets the rules for the great reallocation. The kids watch a video of Logan, Connor, and the old guard having uh, fun at dinner. Tom tells Shiv that he is the U.S. CEO pick. Tom finds out Greg is the one that snitched, and they fight. Tom calls Matson, and Matson springs to action. Um, again, I mean, coming off the heels of that, uh, you know, the meal fit for a king. It's another like heartfelt moment between the kids, and again, it's just setting you up for for what comes next. And it was just so nice to you get the joking between Roman and Shiv with the abbreviations of Connor's rules, and you get you know. Ken smiling at the video of Logan and Roman breaks down and Shiv consoles him. Uh, I just thought it was a cool scene and it just quickly how, how quickly it turns to Shiv, you know, freaking out and, and springing them into to life. Ryan, what'd you think about this scene? I, I mean, obviously any, any time we get to spend with Connor is time well spent and his absolute insane rules and, and, convoluted things going on with these stickers. I loved it. The great reallocation. What a name. What a man. Amazing. I love to the, uh, when they're like, Oh, we noticed some things are missing. And then he's like, Oh yeah, there was an initial round. And yeah. he was like, you know, who, who was present for that? He's like, it was just me. 
And he like does the laugh, like he knows, you know, he got what he wanted. But he actually uh, seemed to have sorry, he actually seemed to like have a relationship with Logan in the end. Like you get little pieces, like he knew about the mausoleum, like he was in the video that they were showing. Um, just like little things that he was actually like talking to his father about not business. So like I and that's I don't think <clears throat> any of the kids put up a stink because they realize that. Well, too, it's, you know, the, the wedge that was always between the three siblings that we, you know, we see the most of is the company. There was always right. something that he could use to play to his advantage, where as Connor could just be Connor. And like yeah. maybe Logan didn't necessarily wasn't the greatest father to him, but Connor didn't need anything for the most part. So he could just like chill with him or text him or do whatever he wants. Uh, and what do you think about this scene? So it was the nice flow afterwards where, you know, they had the, uh, they had everything going for them, siblings back together. But I kind of feel like they, it was like Kendall was reaching in after because, you know, Shiv put her hand on Rome's shoulder. And then, you know, Kendall kind of puts his hand in almost like, and I was like, is that some sort of sign like, you know, they're with him, but they're not with him. I don't know. Maybe in that moment. Um, but does anybody else get fucking super excited when Shiv gets like fucking so batshit crazy, like an angry? <laughs> Nothing gr- brings me greater joy in the show than that. Like when she finds out like it was Tom and which I kind of felt like I wish Tom never told her and let her find out like after the fact. But I don't know. It was it was fun. It was kind of interesting. And it also set up for probably the coolest fucking moment between Tommy and Greg with the stickers. So I, I think that it's all part of the calculus as to why Shiv makes the decision that she does at the end of the episode. Like if Tom doesn't tell her, you know, I think maybe, she, you know, I, I think she was wavering to begin with. But I think that kind of put her over the edge to vote against Kendall. What do you think, Robbie? Yeah. I don't think Tom was going to tell her um, because when he says to her, like, you know, maybe why don't you, you know, why don't you kind of push it through? And I think that she started to surmise like, oh, my God, this this fucking idiot who I've been bullying for the past four seasons is about to become CEO of this company. Um, First off, shout out to the fucking the oracle of the financial district, the fucking king of profit and loss statements. What a fucking voice on our man. (laughs) Carl. (laughs) Carl Bueller, a.k.a. fucking Pavarotti. I mean, the boy fucking does it all. I mean, he's probably a fucking missionary fucking nightmare in the sheets. (laughs) Um, I love that guy. They call him the missionary monster. (laughs) That's it. I mean... I love it. He's he's the best. I I love that scene. It looked like everybody was so happy. And like my sister said, um, my sister Michelle said, it, it was just funny how happy Logan looked and his kids weren't even around except, it, you know, only Connor was there who did a, a great impression of him with the little teapot thing. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a great scene. It was emotional. And I, for one, would have done the exact same thing that Connor did. I would have had a little fucking initial round of going through all the, the, <laughs> the things and picking out what I want and then letting everybody have it. So shout out to Connor. 
again, the boy, even in the series finale, stays winning. So, uh, and a uh, little two week itch between him and uh, Willa, but we'll see where hopefully yeah. they uh, they make it through. Yeah. Ryan, what'd you think? I mean, a, a cow print couch, that's way better <laughs> than anything that fucking Logan had. <laughs> Um, I I think I think this scene, this whole scene, the the great allocation, Tom and Shiv, and Tom and Greg, was m- maybe my favorite part of the whole show. Um, you got a little bit of the Logan video. You saw some things in there. Carl, amazing. Uh, Jess like holding on to not Jess. Um, uh, Carrie holding on to Logan's arm, like in view of everyone. Uh. <laughs> Tom just Greg uh, I loved it like who do you think if they actually threw down who wins Greg's Greg. face bro he, he looked like he was about to all. swing yeah like it, it, it would have went further and I think that's why Tom bailed out of there because it was the first time like Greg you know figuratively and literally like hit back and he he wailed Tom right in the face. Yeah. He got a good one off. He does. The guy the guy has reached like a young Ali, bro. Those arms, <laughs> those arms came out of nowhere. That slap came out of nowhere. So it was yeah. a clean hit. Too. It was a nice one too. You saw Tom's hair kind of do one of the. <laughs> <laughs> he had to brush it real quick. Back into the left. <laughs> no, I, I I like this scene a lot. Um, other than probably yeah the the ending scene. This was my favorite uh, of the whole episode. I mentioned it earlier too that they they kind of did our boy Connor dirty a little bit in this scene though when they're talking about you know uh, him going to Slovenia and <laughs> they were gonna spend a little time apart when uh, Willa realizes that that's that might not happen she gives a look like oh fuck yeah I'm stuck <laughs> with this guy so like all that you know that work that they did and all the times we praise them for having the realest relationship on the show uh, it seems like maybe. It's not 100% great. And who else to deliver the fucking beautiful news than our favorite resident see you next Tuesday? Who, <laughs> <laughs> <Little> Kendall? <laughs> no, you know who. I know. The, the, oh, happy Mother's Day, Shiv. <laughs> I, yeah, bra- breaking news. <laughs> Straight from my wife. Shiv had the baby one day after the series finale. Imagine she had it wow. on the series finale. Oh wow! Dedication he said too. Like how many things lined up with the real world events? That's, there's another one for us. I thought you were about um, to say you were, you were having another one. Oh please, you Ryan? Oh me? Oh no. yeah. You say breaking news. Katie just told me I'm pregnant. <laughs> Don't, no, stop it. <laughs> Don't put that evil on me. The little missionary monster there. Oh, huh? the old Carmel over here. Huh? I get my tip from Carl, man. And then uh, the last little butt under. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, the last little nugget we got here, you know, and, and again, we, we talked about those little uh, tying of loose ends. Uh, we, we get the, you know, it's kind of almost a throwaway line, but Mencken possibly losing that lawsuit in Wisconsin. So, I mean, that's the last we're going to hear about Mencken, really, the rest of the series, but it seems like, you know, he may not be the winner after all. So we go to the board meeting. Uh, Stewie is locked in for Kendall, but when it comes time for the vote, Shiv leaves the room. Uh, she's changing her mind. 
Kendall freaks out. Shiv leaves and casts the final blow. Kendall goes back to the boardroom, scuffling, and Frank tells him it's over. Ken doesn't have it. Anthony, since you're our special guest, talk me through the scene. Tell me what you thought, the, the quotes, the, the points you want to hit, what you got from it. Have a bad Lots, lots to unpack here. Lots to unpack. I want to start with another troll moment of the series when Kendall gives the old around the face bear hug to fuck up his because you saw he saw Rome wavering like why can it be me why look (laughs) uh and you know at that moment I was like oh shit I think Rome might turn and then we fast forward right to his vote and he's like yeah nope and I'm like oh fuck a little bitch I was I really was rooting for Rome to kind of come out on top because, you know, he's been bullied the whole time. And like I wanted him to be the one that kind of pulled the rug from underneath the two other siblings. But that didn't happen. Um, And we get to really see like the true you knew Kendall had a darkness, but there is this desperation that came out of him, which. If if anybody you want to see somebody in their worst moments it's desperation and when he started making up lies about killing not killing that kid or you know that never happened oh i just made that up to get us closer and then he kind of just goes like fuck it i'm just gonna you know beat up rome again because that's kind of like how he coped his entire life of just beating down on the younger sibling and and even shiv too kind of cornering them off so that he can get on top um it was it was super interesting also what what <laughs> should i've had my sunglasses on no Ro- robbie with the burp of the sedge. oh we i heard hear that. that yeah <laughs> sorry sorry go ahead <laughs> i thought i had it right here <laughs> i thought someone was just going mm. no i thought I'm, i must have blacked out because i was listening to you when i probably burped right here I'm going to black out because it's fucking 300 degrees in the suit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Take the job. No, you're good. no, no, no. We got to stay in character here, boys. All right. I'm uh, no, don't be sorry. Yeah, it was. Um, and you knew just then, obviously, that that was it. When Shiv was like, no, nah, f- fuck you. And I, I was like, ah, yeah, here it is. Here, Here's the fucking fall apart. This is when everybody goes. And I. It also served Kendall right because he walked in. He's like, we don't even need to vote. I got it. Yeah. And it's the hubris. And Frank's like, nah, nah, bro. I think we're going to do the vote. Uh, didn't say it quite like that, but in that way. Yeah. Um, and you had all the people that you wanted to see all in one room, you know, just going back and forth. And I don't know, man, it, the ending. Are we going right to the ending too? Uh, we'll save that for last. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we know what happens. They didn't get it. I also don't want to eat all the cookies, let you guys have some of it because it's your podcast. But those are my biggest moments that I love the most. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a great point that you bring up with the hug from Kendall because it's, I think Kendall has kind of realized Roman's button to press to, to get him back in line. And it's that abuse that that Logan kept him in line with. So, you know, we, we see 
like you said, Roman's wavering, Roman's wavering. He he puts that pressure on the wound and it reopens it, you know, metaphorically reopens the wound of abuse. And even though Roman says, I, you know, I fucking hate you. He's like, no, but he's like, I'm going to vote for you. We got it. We'll do it. We'll do it. And it's just that that throwaway line, too, as he's walking out when Kendall's like, it could have been you. Like, it's just very a Logan thing to do to like, you know, you, you've done the damage and you just pour that little extra salt in the wound on the way out. Uh, Robbie, what'd you think of the boardroom scene? First of all, nothing got my fucking Pishkadel rising when my man Steely walked in, the fit god, the, <laughs> the fit king. Looked like a million trillion bucks. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out is um, when Kendall sat down in the ch- in Logan's chair, I rewatched it again before, um, just Shiv's like face like kind of looked like turned to disgust. I don't know if that was anything or just a little... Because I kind of showed her face and and kept on it for a little bit, but um, yeah, that boardroom scene was was uh again pretty intense to watch. I I, I want to know. I, I don't really say, but like, why did Frank all of a sudden think it was a good deal? Right, a couple episodes ago at the party, he was kind of with Kendall about doing a little reverse Viking and um and kind of buying buying Gojo. So that that kind of. I was kind of confused at like, when did Frank turn? I, I don't but, know if he ever did. I, you know, I think like we left out on that, that episode in that scene where Kendall tells Frank and Frank looks like, like, holy shit. But at the same time, I don't think he ever, I guess, you know, and I, I thought the same thing as you, but maybe he just never was with Kendall when it came to this, like at the end of the day. And it's what he says before the vote is like, he has a financial responsibility to the company to do what he thinks is best. And, you know, this is it. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's such a stark contrast to what we said, uh, season one, episode, I think six, when he was all in on, you know, getting uh, Logan out of there. But, yeah, I didn't, I really didn't think it was going to be Shiv that was going to screw over, uh, you know, Kendall and, and the company. But, you know, you just go back to everything that that kind of happened to her they were willing to fucking screw her over uh, you know even when kendall said uh, a couple episodes like i think episode four this season as sure as shit doesn't say shib fucking roy on that piece of paper and they were always willing to kind of exclude her out of that and she was always getting fucked over this entire entire series uh by her father by her brothers so you know having time to sit back and think and not being pissed off at shit for what she did realize you realize like okay you know she had every right to and i understand it but are we talking about when they go into the the three of them go into the room together or saving that no yeah yeah. i mean that was intense as ever kendall just fucking losing like anthony said like him just like he's like you kill the kid and he goes which one yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) look it's more than one but yeah just him him kind of trying to you know, get out of that weasel way out of that and catch himself in that line. And then I'm just freaking out. And then Roman just daggering him with the, those kids aren't even his real kids. Like Shiv is the actually true, you know, bloodline, blood, yeah. Right? yeah, the bloodline. And that killed him. And he was about to go full fucking um, game of Thrones and rip his eyeballs out. But um, yeah, it was just great acting by everybody. I mean, Jeremy Strong was awesome in that scene. I loved it. Uh, he was just, you know, grasping for straws, man. And, and, and you could just see, like, 
True. If he, if he doesn't have this company, he has nothing, no matter how much money he has in the world. He just he never could win this entire series. He just never won a single thing. And, you know, he just he just isn't his dad. And and I thought it was I thought it was just just great. Like the intensity of the scene. There's no action. There's just words. And, and you know, and that was it. And I, and I loved every minute of it. You mind if I piggyback off of one idea? Sorry. I hope none of you bring it up, but no, go ahead. The Shiv part, Robbie, that you mentioned, like she's been shit on this whole series. She's been powerless when she thought she had power. This was the only time that she was able to exercise a decision that could truly make a fucking difference. And she did it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why she pulled the trigger. I mean, too, like before we get to Ryan, I just want to point out that if there was any ever doubt, any ever any doubt who steals the show acting wise in the show like i know kieran culkin's had his moments we've talked about shiv with the facial expressions and how she's always in the background making a facial expression that you're like oh like what's going on there but it's you know can do um jeremy strong just this this scene is just so perfect even down to the <laughs> down to the when shiv's like i don't think you'd be good at it and just the way he says why like it's <laughs> yeah. so it's so desperate and it's like it was so real the way he said it. And, you know, I talked about when they were talking to each other in Barbados, the way everything felt real in the conversation. It was the same thing right here. Just that desperation was just so like that was anxiety, you know, ridden for me. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about the scene here? Yeah, I mean, I I forget who mentioned it, but um, leading up to this, I was surprised that it was Shiv who who fucked the deal. I thought maybe, I mean, it could have been anyone. You and like Stewie could have fucked them. Roman, maybe that would have made sense as well. But then after it happened and I thought about it, it did make sense because like you guys pointed out, she's been pushed out her in the entire time of this show. And this was her one time to actually not only exercise power, but to continue to wield it in some way because if she if she votes with kendall and kendall comes in then she what did he promise her like some bullshit job atn atn all right that's not really a bullshit job but it's not the job and he's like roman you could do socials which means like you could go jerk off in an office next door or whatever and Um, it's funny too where he's like and you'll fuck that up again too yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but just the fact that like with Kendall as CEO, yeah, if they're buddy buddy, maybe it's different. But when they were named co CEOs, they were, yeah, it's us, it's us, it's the three of us. And like they were just like, fuck you, Shiv, like we're going to run this. And even Roman kind of got pushed out by Kendall during that short period of time. So I told it totally makes sense for her to have done what she did both thematically and if you think about it in a real world sense like by with tom as ceo she still is involved in the company she may not be if on paper wielding any power but she can certainly influence tom who is fucking spine of a jellyfish so i'm sure that she's still gonna be maybe pushing buttons to some extent i mean who knows we'll never know but it makes sense and then uh Fuck the other thing I wanted to mention. I can't think of. 
<laughs> at two points while, you, while you're thinking about it yeah while you're thinking about it i'll mention yeah. that um the the shot of kendall walking back into the boardroom was not in the script like he just did really? that he just walked yeah, yeah. no but that like, was good because he that's what a corporate idiot would do like well i got i gotta go back to the meeting yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah, um, I was supposed to end there with with Shiv, you know, walking out of the room and and the Roman, you know, we're, we're bullshit. The bullshit. This, nothing is, is real. This isn't real. Be, best thing Roman so, said in the entire show, the entire series. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wanted to bring up a point too as well. <clears throat> when she's so concerned about him killing, that's just that's that's just bullshit. Yeah, she didn't care. She she, she just she, brought she, that up. She yeah, she didn't give a fuck about that because she she basically weaseled that that rape victim and the and that when it went to congress to basically with the nda so it's like we get it but like don't go up on your high horse shiv like because you're not you're playing a, a stupid game yeah and that was that was the other point i was gonna make with sort of connected to that but they this that whole fight in that separate room is them being children again so like the meal fit mm -hmm. for a king is back to them being silly siblings and like having fun and whatever. And, and we all have siblings, you know, when you're around your brothers and sisters that you just act like children, like you, like you always have make busting each other's balls or like doing silly shit, talking about stuff. But then them fighting was children like Benny brought up, but why? And, and just like the stuff yeah. that they were saying was just like, so just, out of pure emotion and not logical it was just like you're being stupid <laughs> yeah 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 kendall it's killed not... a guy <laughs> yeah. yeah which i love which one <laughs> I, I love too like the the wide shots you got of like kendall screaming and you yeah, could hear oh, it from outside the conference room it, it was just fuck, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no, that was good. Uh, so good yeah um I mean, we got, you know, in another contender for line of the years on the eldest boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. him, him screaming that. Well, you're um, not, then, though. <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's where, you know, he's not. But I'll give him, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt is, I mean, he kind of is. It, the like big three. Yeah. Like speaking from experience, like I have in one side of my family, I'm the middle child and the other side of the family. I'm the oldest child, like, because, you know, there's different siblings from different marriages. So, I mean, yeah, I guess he is the eldest boy. What yeah, do you like go... better, Benny? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I like being the middle child more. Oh, really? Because <laughs> yeah. you can hide? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, uh, when you're the first in a family, you get in trouble for everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, like, you notice your younger siblings doing the same stuff or maybe even worse. And it's like, Oh, it's right here. <laughs> it's right here. Why? <laughs> um, all right. Any other thoughts on the boardroom scene and the fight? Oh, two things. I'm sorry. I, I thought it was very childish. <laughs> very childish that these is a billion dollar corporation in the middle of a heated fucking uh, board vote for control of the company. And the three of them are just having basically a Royal Rumble fucking screaming match, <laughs> acting like children, like you guys said, in front of all these people. 
Yeah, but it's, I mean, that's how it is, I guess, when you have, when you're that powerful. Like, I mean, think about all the shit that Logan got away with. And when you're the, in that high up, it's like almost like, all right, well, they'll figure it out or, you know, let them do what they need to do because they're the breadwinners and they're the ones that are making us all the money here. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's fucking wild and it's, and it's crazy to see, but, you know, I don't think it's that far out of, you know, reality. And another thing, why do you why do you guys think that Roman just couldn't be in the same room with Jerry? Like he was just having a fucking basically a, a panic attack. The dick pic stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know even like the whole way she like told him it could you know I could have got you there, and the way she completely shut him down after he was you know trying to not win win her back, but like get her back into waystar i think that he knows how badly he fucked up that situation and how badly it could go if it does come out and i think he just you know it's he's that child that he was at, at the at the the funeral like when it comes down to it he's just a little child that doesn't know how to handle these like intense emotions right i mean do you guys want to see your ex-girlfriend i don't not no, 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 not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Roman probably sees her as like in a weird fucked up way, like an ex lover or something. Or like a mother figure. Yeah. That he just so happened to send pictures to. I mean, mother that's what lover. got him off. That's what got him off. It got yeah, him there. Sure. Yeah. It's just, you know, he's spinned on such a hairpin trigger these last couple episodes. Like, even if he felt that way about her. You know, a couple episodes ago, he probably could have got through it. But, you know, lately, he's just so on the edge all the time that the littlest thing sends him spiraling. All right. And one more, th one so, quick thing again. Uh, I just want to reiterate I that I loved Roman's lines of that, that we're bullshit. This is bullshit. That's my favorite lines from Roman ever. I mean, I know he's got a lot of funny one-liners but that was perfect from coming yeah from i'm bullshit i'm bullshit you're bullshit she's bullshit. <laughs> yep and um, the whole the reveal that kendall's kids are not his we didn't know that prior to this right i Did think it was implied it? at some point yeah. I, maybe maybe i'm getting confused as to like what people assumed like on reddit and stuff but i always kind of figured that that was the case yeah okay um so before we go, Frank and Carl consider one last rodeo or their golden parachute. Uh, but it, it's, <laughs> it seems like, like uh, from Tom's point of view, Carl and Frank are fucking gone. I... So, RIP to the gods. Uh, Roman signs the deal. And we get that scene between Greg and Tom where Tom tells Greg that, you know, you should have been gone. Matson hates you, but I have some capital and I got you. And he puts the sticker from Connor, our boy Connor, making one last roundabout appearance to close out the show. Uh, yeah. And then we get. I see. love that Robbie's uh, drinking from a bucket. <laughs> Was that a Stanley? We get we get the damn it's huge sixty four ounces of fucking pure fucking unadulterated filth. We get our closing shots of the the three siblings. Tom and Shiv leave together. 
Uh, Roman is having a martini in a bar and he smiles kind of faintly like the weight is finally off his shoulders. And Ken Zombie walks Battery Park with Colin behind him, stares at out at the water a la George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> what did you what did you guys think of the ending for our, our three main characters in that Tom and Greg's uh, scene, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, love that Tom's keeping Greg on. I'm curious, you know, if there's a few things I would like to know, you know, past this finale, I'd like to see what Greg's role is. Like, is he Tom's bitch? Is he, does he do something? Does he, did he get knocked down to 40K or, you know, whatever? Um, and then, you know, seeing the, the, the siblings like Roman clearly was happy uh, the, that the weight he's weight is off his shoulders. There's no pressure. He can just do, do what he wants. Um, Kendall clearly is. I, I mean, I thought it was hinted that he was going to kill himself. I don't know. The more I thought about it, I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case. I feel like Colin wouldn't let him. Um, but I mean, yeah, Kendall, down bad, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah. Big sad. Uh, Aunt, what do you think? Um, I want to bring circle back what Ryan said last uh, scene breakdown, where he was saying Shiv, you know, still might have a little hold on the company. Not, not indicative when you saw the shot of them holding hands, because it was like the world's saddest hand job. Yeah. Uh, I feel like. <laughs> I interpret that completely differently, Ryan, where I feel like Shiv got her last kind of like hurrah and fell on the sword. And now, because like in the beginning of the show, she called up Tom and was like, yo, you want to make this relationship? And Tom was like, nah. I really don't know. Like he finally stepped up a bit. And I think he's starting to grow that like, yo, I'm CEO now. Like it is, I've played my part and I earned this shit. Like, I don't care how I got there. I got there. You're hot and you're rich, but I'm the fucking CEO. Yeah. So that's my thing about that. Out of all the people, Rome got the biggest win, I think, of the siblings. Because um, I feel like that last moment in the boardroom and getting beat up by his brother two more times. He was like, I'm just done with this shit. Like, I'm just so tired of it. Like, I just want to do nothing and enjoy my money. And and that's what you got in that bar scene. And then Kendall, fucking sweet poetry, because Colin got the last laugh, in my opinion, when fucking Kendall approached him with his fucking rock hard dick and said, yo, Colin, you have therapy? <laughs> it's kind of public knowledge. <laughs> My guy, you need therapy now. <laughs> he's so, gonna need a lot of he's, he's gonna need that great grief guy. Yeah, he yeah, definitely. When he hit the the elevator button, I thought it was going on a rooftop and taking a flight. <laughs> Me too. Air Jordan style. <laughs> that random dude saved his life. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Robbie, what that, about you? Um, I, I hate that I'm even saying this because I couldn't stand his antics in the uh, America Decides episode, but I'm very happy for Roman. Um, I loved Roman this season. I thought, you know, so many ups and downs and so many highs and lows for him. 
but I'm kind of happy that the, the the pressure is off of him. I think it was a nice little touch that he ordered the uh, the martini after he kind of made fun of Jerry with Jerry's drink in uh, I think it was last week's episode. I don't remember, but yeah, I like that. I was happy for him. Kendall, man, I mean, these I mean, it, it, they just made off with a couple of bills. So I don't know why is everybody so fucking sad, but. Yeah. It's just that family dynamic of always trying to to get their father's approval and and be like their father, and you know Kendall just stays taking L's and I I, I feel bad for him, but I don't feel bad for him because he's a piece of shit. But um, yeah, it was tough to watch. I definitely thought he was going up to the rooftop and doing a fucking nose dive onto the concrete, but um, yeah, I don't know where he goes from here. Uh, who knows? But he's a lost soul and doesn't have anybody left basically. And Shiv and Tom are just two toxic fucks that are going to continue that vicious little toxic cycle for the rest of their life. Shiv's basically playing the part of her mother now, I feel like. Um, she's She really doesn't have anything. You know, she maybe can think she can manipulate Tom, but I don't think so anymore. I think Tom's a stone-cold assassin, even though he's a yes-man, but I think he doesn't give a fuck about Shiv anymore. Like Anthony said, he got to where he got to because, yeah, he married into the family, but he was willing to do whatever it took to to get to that CEO role. Like I said in the beginning, go to jail and, and or turn his back on his wife. So, yeah, I think she did the right thing. I understand her decision, but I don't really think she played her played her hand quite well. I, I think she's kind of undermining like or underestimating Tom, and I don't think she's gonna she's gonna be happy with the end result. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Ryan. I was just gonna say, like, I I agree with Anthony and and Robbie's point. Uh, when I was saying Shiv was like trying to stay in the company here she became her mom like she's not really able to exercise much power because yeah it looked like tom is like i'm i'm ceo now what are you gonna do about it not gonna hold your fucking (laughs) hand yeah uh yeah no i I like airs basically yeah i like the end for for Roman, I feel like this whole show is like a huge like diversion or detour in his life because I feel like that's kind of what he was doing before the show started. Like he never had any business things going on. He didn't have a job, at least that that we know of. He was just kind of out there living, you know, the playboy life. Um, and I feel like yeah, you know, it, it's funny to say how are these people so sad over the amount of money that they just won, but I think one of the major points of the whole show was they never the money didn't matter to them because they had so much of it. It was never about getting more money or how much is this deal work worth. It was always about the power. You know, you saw it with the clothes that they wore and when the things that they did, it was never exorbitantly flashy, like someone like Matson, who just was always wearing like the most outrageous shit and just trying to be, you know, flaunt his money. But Kendall, man, I it's so sad to see like just the way that zombie walk, like I said before. And, you know, I agree with Ryan, like I, I definitely think we know where his story ends and it's maybe it's not in that moment on that day, but it's you're probably weeks away from some type of, of, of horrible situation. And, you know, again, with the Jeremy strong thing, he, he did a take where he was like, you know, I was just letting the the scene take over and he like went and stepped over. He stepped over the railing and like the actor that played Colin, like ran over to him and like pulled him back. 
Um, they didn't use it because that's not, you know, what uh, Jesse Armstrong wanted. Like they they wanted that ending that they had. But it's just funny how how the lengths that Jeremy Strong goes to, you know, with this character. And then Tom and Shiv, man, you know, you guys said it all. You know, she's just resigned to the fact that she's going to have what little control she does. And she likes Tom having the power. And she's okay with that. It's almost in the same way, you know, she had a dynamic with her father, like just being in the shadow of that powerful man. Yo, petition for a fucking 20 season Tom Wamsgans as a fucking CEO. <laughs> oh, I'll watch please. every minute of it. Make it two hours long. I don't need adventures of Tom and Greg. Oh, God, I would kill for that. You hear me now, Max? We can't call it HBO anymore. Oh, God, I know. I'm not sure where this fits in, but did you guys see, speaking of Wamsgans, you saw the, the theory or connection to. Yeah, uh, the Wams games of the World Series unassisted triple play. Yeah, what and do you think too, about like, that? Aya was trying, wanted to tell me about that during the week, and she was like, "Do you want to hear a theory?" And I was like, "No, I don't," because uh, I, I honestly like I hate theories at this point because, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I hate putting myself in a lane because that's when you don't get something that you've built yourself up for. You don't appreciate the true end of it but as soon as the the episode ends she showed me the tiktok or whatever that that girl uh called it out what was it for those who don't know aka me so good the, the good. only unassisted triple play in world series history was by a gentleman named i think bill was his first name Wamsgams, uh in i think 1920 i'm i'm that so, year yeah, maybe 1920 1919 something like that something like that so People are making the connection that Jesse Armstrong or whoever saw that and named Tom Tom Wamsgams because he was going to unassisted triple kill the other siblings. Whoa, nice. Right. Okay. It's pretty cool. It's, it's fun. It's funny too, like him being a Brit and then using uh, like a baseball reference like that. So, like, right. such an obscure baseball reference. I know, but I don't know if, I, I mean, it's too it, it, he couldn't have not known like that's too coincidental 100 where do where do you get the name Wams Gams from yeah. i've never yeah yeah the first time i heard that name i was like that's a fucking that's a new one that's a name <laughs> i'm like glands isn't that the name of a never mind <laughs> <laughs> uh someone else pointed out uh that there was like the watches that tom was wearing like from season one until now, it was like a $7,000 watch, like Cartier watch in like the first season. And then, and it's, you know, noting his progression of power and, and wealth. And then he had on like a $35,000 watch in this last episode. Wow. So there's been a I lot. I was like, who the fuck finds this shit? Yeah. There's been a lot with, with Tom's fashion throughout the show where people pointed out, you know, when he was first on the show, he had like maybe a Cartier watch or, you know, he would wear a suit with a pocket square and he just like really tried to go above and beyond to like show that he had money and like his stuff didn't quite fit right. And as you know, he got later and later into the show, he dressed more like the Roy's where everything was kind of muted and, you know, not flashy and tailored a little bit better. And maybe it didn't look as expensive, but the brands that he was wearing were like, you know, super super flashy 
And he kept his Samsung phone. So if that was anything, I know it was a big Apple or a Samsung. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. He was still the only one in the end that had the Android phone. So maybe that did have something that was a hint in some roundabout way. Yeah. Those green bubble people, you know? Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> you know, they're always fucking scheming something <laughs> with those green phones. Fucking slimy bastards. <laughs> All right. So, any any final thoughts on the finale? Listen, and what do you go ahead? Oh, people who are listening, people in America, don't let anybody ever make fun of you for swallowing your own cum, because <laughs> because you too can be CEO of a media conglomerate. Uh, it's a closed loop system, and, and it worked out for Tom. And yeah, see, America's of, no America's one else swallowed their own cum. Nope. <laughs> yeah, clearly you get, there's a connection there. Listen, whatever it takes. <laughs> uh perfect way to end the episode. Uh <laughs> all right. So Ryan. Yes. Take us away. Thank you. Well, I just want to point out great episode, guys. Loved it. Anthony, thank you for joining us. Great insight. Thanks for having me. You? But now it's time to play America's favorite, favorite two new games. The Logan Roy Memorial Serious Person of the Week and Shit Show at the Fuck Factory, which is the person who lost while the serious person is the person who won. Now, Anthony, you are our guest. So would you prefer to go first or last, keeping in mind that it is a snake draft? I will go last. Wow. Good choice. So I think this week, since it is the finale, let's start with the shit show at the fuck factory again, which is who lost this week and who the fuck goes first? Because we I still don't I know. I think it's me. Okay. Danny, please, please start us off. Well, again, you know, I want to be original and Sometimes Sam Bowie is just sitting there at number one. <laughs> you got to take him. Uh, my shit show at the fuck factory for this week. Our number one boy, the eldest boy, Kendall Roy. And not much needs to be said, but he is my shit show at the fuck factory this week. Great choice. Robbie, are you next or am I next? Well, I think you're next. Fuck, I don't have anybody. I was hoping you were going to go. <laughs> Me too. Uh, damn. <laughs> well, my shit show at the fuck That's factory. why my pick was you needed to take Kendall. Yeah. There was a number one. And after that, yeah. you After that, it's nobody. <laughs> uh, well, my shit show at the fuck factory for this week is Peter's friend, Jonathan. Because he clearly didn't get the <laughs> money that he so sorely wanted from the children. Even though, like I think Benny pointed out, the mom has... A ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robbie. Oh. Well, my shit show at the fuck factory this week is none other than Shiv Roy. Wow. I, yeah, I think that I agree with what Shiv did. I understand why she did it. But I also think that it doesn't bode well for Shiv. As you could see in the closing shot of last night, it's just two cold people in a loveless marriage 
about to ruin an unborn child's life. <laughs> um, and I think that is going to, again, just continue the vicious cycle of the Roy family. Um, nobody changes. She wanted to be somebody that's different. She always wanted to be the smartest person in the room. But every plan she ever had never worked out except for this one. But again, it's basically she gave up the company. Her husband is CEO. But again, she kind of wants to control Tom, like I said, but I don't think she will. Um, Matson kind of doesn't want anything to do with it except for maybe put his pishkadel inside of her. But other than that, I don't see anything you know, anything for Shiv in the near future. Yeah, she made off on the deal, but other than that, I think it's just just another miserable, you know, 20, 30, 40 years for Shiv, and she's becoming the person that she hated the most. I think she's be she's becoming a mother. So um, I do agree with Shiv's power play. I appreciate it. I, 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 I come to love it, and I think it was the right move, but at what cost? Anthony. So uh, I'm going to go a little off the rails here. This is going to be an inanimate object. Fucking Peter's special cheese. We got <laughs> conolingus before getting put back into the fridge. Um, but I also want to say a fair, fair, a very sad farewell to another group of kids who won't be loved by their father, even more so now. Rava and the children. I don't want to call it a real shit show of the week, but it it is going to be a shit show of the lifetime for those kids that already had an absent father. But I think we're heading down the path of uh, more drug use and less the dad. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Great choices, everyone. Uh, Anthony, since you get, went last this round, you get to go first for the Logan Roy Memorial Serious Person of the Week Award. So who won this week? To go into the unorthodox uh, spirit of who I am and of the show and my last pick, I'm going with none other than Logan Roy himself from the grave, the Whoa. biggest winner, because his kids <laughs> fucked up yet again, and you know he's having a good old fucking time. He in the fucking right loved now. it. He I, loved I can't my believe how many, how many W's fucking Logan's picked up from the grave this year. Yeah, dude, biggest <laughs> huge wins like that. You know, no one would have been happier from his fucking five million dollar mausoleum, which, as we know, was a great yeah. deal. You know, he's <laughs> fucking break dancing in there right now. Oh, uh, well, my Logan Roy Memorial, um, serious person at the Fun Factory at the <laughs> OK Corral this week is none other than. The cum guzzle himself, Tom Wom's game. <laughs> Nothing really needs to be said. The man's played his part for four seasons now, played it right, uh, took all the abuse, took took Carl's vitriol in fucking episode four this season. You know, always pl always plotting, always scheming, always doing whatever it took to reach the mountaintop and all that. I don't even want to say hard work. All that sucking and fucking paid off. And he is now the new CEO of Waystar Royco and just uh, the puppet master with little puppet strings. But shout out to you, Tom Wamsgan, the best in the biz at sucking the biggest dick in the room. <laughs> and eating baby chickens. That's it. <laughs> That's right. Um, 
Well, my Logan Roy Memorial Serious Person of the Week award actually goes to Shiv uh, because while her future looks bleak, this week she was the one who made the power play and made things happen. So good on her. Benny? My L to the OG, Doobie to OG, <laughs> and he playing serious person of the week. I'm going to give, I'm going to, can I tie? I'm going to give it a tie. Sure. It's your show, babe. Jerry and Carolina. Fuck you. I was going to give uh, Carolina and Ani Munch. <laughs> Jerry got her payday, and it seems like Tom wants her around. And it seems like, Hugo is on the chopping block and Caroline is going to step up into the head of PR or public, you know, whatever the hell they did publicity, me, you know, marketing. I don't fucking know. Um, but Hey, Carrie, uh, Carrie, Carolina and Jerry, I stand and I'm happy for you guys. And you are my Logan Memorial serious person of the week. I have an honorable mention because none of you guys picked him. I was hoping you would. Greg, please. Greg. Greg. The Greg. fucking stealth boy. Fucking coming in and coming out on top. Doing all the dirty Greg work. and Matson, And possibly even you could have made a case for Oscar. Yeah, Oscar. Just riding, riding that wave. <laughs> and what, maybe you could even make the case for Carl and Frank about to get their golden parachutes. Yep. Carl, Carl's going to be on that... Uh, that Greek, Greek island. island before you know oh it. my god love it just singing his fucking ass off for the <laughs> corona i think i have a quick question before we fully wrap up do you think that there will be any further entertainment out of this universe or is this it i hope this is it robbie yeah i yeah i agree i hope this is it I, I could see them potentially doing a movie or something, but I hope that this is it. I mean, I'll be all in if it happens, but I'm good with where it's at. Go ahead, Ant. I don't. I don't feel like it's gonna happen. Just, it, just that last shot was like enough for me to be like, I, I see what you guys are doing here, and I think that was it. That was their final mark. Yeah, what I do think, you think if, if they do anything with any of the major characters, I think that'll be if that would not be a good idea just you know except for tom franchise except for what except for tom yeah tom, okay fine tom um but maybe they go like a uh breaking bad better call soul route where it's like some minor character or something like that um maybe that's like the new blueprint i don't know but if it ain't know. carl the cable god of that's the what 90s, i'm saying carl. 90s miss me yeah. <laughs> give me carl in the 90s making moves Call in the nineties, fucking Cable King, fucking his way all over Manhattan, eating at Michelin star restaurants, and just shitting all over fucking Frank for fucking <laughs> five seasons. Love it. <laughs> so is that it? Anything else? That's it. We have next week. We have our award show. Right? Is that what we're gonna do? Like we did oh, with Game of Thrones award show series wrap up season wrap up. Get so us if anybody has any emails. any awards, yeah, if any emails, any awards that they they want to contribute to or write in, we're all ears. Any guest appearances, let us know, please. We more the more the merrier. It's it's going to be a fucking robust episode. 
<laughs> I, I just love the way you put, put that. A robust episode. <laughs> Tune in next week. Tune in next week for our robust episode. So, yeah, send us emails, texts. Let us know if you want to join, whatever. Speaking of joining, Anthony, thanks for coming on and looking sharp as fuck and making us. Love it. I so- mean, you make me feel like shit right now, but you look fantastic. A million bucks. A million. I appreciate it, guys. A billion. Being the uh, off the cuff shit talker, saying shit I don't mean all the time. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys having me. It's always fun. I love the insights. I love let the boys watch. I love going gray. I love this series. <laughs> Sweetheart, have me here anytime you want. All right. Sweetheart, you're on speed dial every day of the week. <laughs> and but make sure you check. You. Yeah. Make sure you check out uh, <laughs> Benny and Anthony, as well as their buddy Steve on unofficial intelligence. And like Anthony said, Check out Robbie and me on Going Gray. Send us an email. Rate, review. Follow us. I don't got anything else to say. Anyone else? Don't fucking pass a story without voting when there's a fucking poll up, all right? (laughs) (laughs) If you see a fucking story. It's because the Sopranos might lose out to a fucking worse theme song. Unbelievable. Please. Please. People spoke. Robbie, tell him good night. I'm done with the, with you fucks. <laughs> good night, Kendall. You ain't got the vote, son. I'm a little teapot. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>